The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. I am your host, Raider Greg, and the autumn wind is in the air. We're playing the cards this week. I can hardly wait. That and more here on show 459. Well, before I get into the show, let me just say a few things. Reggie McKenzie gets a four-year deal. Let me just say one word on that. Earned is the word. Yeah, I'm telling you, I've given him a lot of crap over the years, but i got to say that this was a very smart move. I'm glad we kept him. He's proving uh, to me and everyone else, for that matter, if you don't get it, we have a team and we have a very good cap, and this is all management uh, management 1A, and he's getting it done. Uh, congratulations and well-deserved Reggie. Alden Smith, my brother. <laughs> video, uh, very public video is not cool to you, my bro. Yeah, Alden Smith got caught with a doobie in hand. Well, they called it a road cigarette, and I just say one thing. Well, it's not too, you know, hard to see. I feel really bad for Alden. All joking aside, he's a great kid. We need to have him back. I hope he can get back. He checked himself into rehab. And the cool thing is the Raiders aren't letting him hang out to dry like the Niners did. They're sticking with this kid. And I think that's pretty cool. Reggie said it himself. Uh, good move, Raiders. Alden, get re- get better, bro. Come back and, and break some bones of the opponents, my man. And for those of you who forgot, Rolando McLean, who the Raiders drafted way back when, who had arthritis and quit and went to the Dallas Cowboys and was their little superhero for a few games, well, he's out. Him and Jamarcus Russell are drinking the purple drinks. (laughs) Yes, he's gotten caught with the purple drink. That's why my name for him, Rolando McLean, stands tall and it fits him perfectly. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have Del Rio 2. Second year of Coach Del Rio and crew. We're going to hit on that. We have to because uh, Del Rio is a Raider coach. We'll get in. More, we'll get more into that, but you'll know what I mean when I'm finished with this one. Also, the offensive juggernaut that will be the Oakland Raiders this season. I'm going to explain to you why I feel that we're going to see a completely different team in the offensive mode, and it is going to be mowing some mofos over, let me tell you. Kenny Stabler gets his time in the sun a little too late. That's tragic for sure, but we're going to hit on Mr. Kenny Stabler, the snake's career, and how it pertains to the NFL and Oakland football in particular. A huge part of our history 
And we definitely got a hit on that. Then the bone line rolls on in. You guys are awesome. Appreciate you still calling. I know we've been a little sketchy of late, but that's the way it goes, bros. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. We got to talk about it. Jack Del Rio, a real Raider coach. It's going down for it. I thought here in the second season of this coaching staff, we'd take a look back and see where we were and where we're going. I see a lot of real positive steps forward, not only in the team and the strength of the players, but in the coaching staff as well. Stability is a real big deal in the NFL, and the Raiders being stable has proven to be an asset as far as it goes this training camp and this season. Early in camp, things look a little disheveled, new players getting to know each other, has finally calmed down to some a little bit better playing and some much better and needed communication amongst the team. But the coaching staff is insane. Coach Del Rio, a young Castro Valley transplant, played at USC as linebacker. Him and Bob Hope <laughs> had some words in his career. In college football, one of the top honors is to be voted the best by the Associated Press sports writers from all over this nation. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome these outstanding young athletes, members of the All-American football team for 1984. Jack Del Rio, linebacker from the University of Southern California. Yes, sir. When Jack has finished sacking quarterbacks, he can't wait to turn pro so he can appear in beer commercials. <laughs> He told me he's not sure which he enjoys more, a Blitz or a Schlitz. Along with 30 years of coaching prowess. Let me just say this. I think that Jack Del Rio not only is a great coach, because I love his character, the way he carries himself, I think he's a great Raider coach. Because he has been a fan and his family a fan of the Raiders forever. And I think it's going to show here that he wants this championship more than all of us put together. Before I even get asked, I'll just go ahead and speak to it so you don't have to go there. You know, about, about yesterday, you know, a couple guys got ejected from practice. I just didn't think they were prepared to do the things that we need to do to help our team continue to work. And uh, they were both talked to and understand that's not how we do things, not what we're looking for. And so we, you know, we basically handled that and put it to rest. And um, they're both going to be fine. I think Mario's a little, still a little sore, but he'll be fine. Nothing major going on there. So that was, uh, it was good because, uh, you know, you can have unfortunate things happen uh, when guys go at it like that. And uh, so we're, we're just grateful that uh, nothing significant came of it. And we learned a big-time lesson on, you know, how important it is to take care of each other and be good teammates and, Still challenge each other, but be respectful. Anyway, uh, a good week of practice. You know, five days in a row. Uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good grind. It's the last stretch like this we'll have. Now that we get into games, game weeks, uh, we won't have five straight days in pads like that. You know, for the rest of the year. So they, they made it through the hump day. Come in in shape. You work hard and put it together, and know that you're, um, you're always trying to make it a little better, make it a little more precise, make the execution a little more crisp. I think those are 
you know, the things that we're working on. You know, there's some great examples of us in all three phases doing what we need to be doing and it, and it looking really sharp. And then there, there are places where we need more work, and that's why we're in training camp. That's where we can get more work. The fact that Jack got to be the Raiders head coach was a epic move, a smart move. Well done. Another move by Reggie McKenzie. Now let's look here. We got Ken Norton this year again, expanding on the defense. Oh, yes. I don't think there's any question that uh, everybody's more familiar with uh, what's expected of them. I think anytime you're in year two, uh, they understand the concepts, understand the defense and the scheme a whole lot better. At the same time, we have a, a, a lot of uh, good football players. We've, we've assembled with some really good football players, created a lot of competition. We're really, really excited about what we can do. From you, are you more comfortable? Do you expect your game to expand? Oh, no, no question. I think we all have high expectations. But at, at the same time, we have to uh, be great teachers. They have to be uh, really good players and understand the uh, scheme and things that we're teaching them. And we all have to work together on it. Uh, we're in it together. I think it's very clear that we're all in, and the guys are really putting it out there for them, and we're giving it, uh, the coaching staff is really giving it to them. What went into, uh, at least at the outset, to having uh, Ben Heaney be like a defensive signal caller where they got in the helmet? And just, just, what went into that? Well, he's the middle linebacker, and the middle linebacker is the one that has the, has the dot and calls the defenses, so that's just kind of traditional for the guy in the middle to uh, to be able to call, call the signals. What, uh, what do you see in him in year two? Is he a prime example of the... The fact that guys that are more familiar with the defense have a year under their belt. Right. I think everybody in year two is getting better. I think everybody's familiar. Uh, the players are familiar with themselves. It's nothing new. Last year, everything was new to them. Now, it's the same thing they've been seeing all spring and all last year. And uh, they plan well together. Uh, they all like each other. And they all love playing ball. They've, uh, we've assembled a team that really plays hard and loves passionately about, about football. And when, you have, when you put those guys together, uh, only good things can happen. Faster players. Our new middle linebacker is a beast. <laughs> He's our old middle linebacker, but we found a diamond. Let me tell you right now. The Oakland Raiders are ready to roll down the road as far as the coaching staff. Now the defense will open up. There'll be much more um aggressive play. I don't think I don't think I can state um enough how the defensive line is gonna make a big difference. And the second year of a staff is very important, like I said. Let's look at the offensive side of the ball, by the way. Now we go from the three of us to a full-on roundtable here at Raiders camp. Dan Dibley, Greg Papa, now joined by Paul Gutierrez, Vic Tafer, and Scott Barrett. How about the offensive side of the ball? I think the one thing I noticed right away is that they're, they're, Austin Howard lined up with the ones at right tackle, and they kind of use Metalik Watson as a swing guy. I know Mike Tice likes Metalik Watson. He likes his nastiness and his athleticism. Vic, how do you see the right tackle spot flushing out? Will it be Howard? Or will it be Menelik, or will it be somebody else? I think it's a good battle. I think Tice likes them both. I know Tice came in last year and was not really thrilled about Austin Howard. Thought he was a little fat. Heard he was a basketball player. Didn't really see that athleticism at first. But I think Howard really worked hard last year to win over Tice. I think Tice really became impressed with his run game habits, and I think so. It's a good battle. I think uh, you mentioned he likes Watson also, so I think that'll be a good battle throughout camp. That's probably the only battle for the starting spot on this team, right, Scotty? Who's going to be your starting right tackle? Bill Musgrave, second year. Completed two days here in the books, and uh, put the pads on tomorrow, and just keep working, uh, 
through our process of installation. Derek Griffin and Kamari grooming together this camp. Well, what does that do for, for a quarterback receiver combination for them to kind of get to spend all that extra time together? Yeah, I think all that interaction helps their rapport. Um, they talk football, they talk life, and uh, it's a good thing. You know, back in the day, Steve Young and Brent Jones were roommates, you know, for years, the night before the game, and uh, it's just good, uh, you know, as those two young players grow together to be more productive. Something that they stepped up and wanted to be roommates, or is that something you guys should? No, that's that's their doing. Yeah, they're doing. They uh, those guys are real assertive. They take um, initiative, you know, to get better. Uh, they live near one another out there, you know, uh, along that 680. Uh, they're throwing together out there at parks all the time, where there's no lines on the field. They just they like football, and uh, you know, they want to be great. Most of the core players, second year, Crabtree, Coop. Carr, right? Azawali. A lot of the players, even the line players, this is their second year in the system. This is when they start to open up that playbook because it's not going to be the same as last year. It's going to be way more intense, way more technical, and way more fun to watch. That's the other aspect of this season, which is so freaking exciting. The coaching staff's second year, I can't say how important that is that we get moving here in this system and continue to develop these youngsters because we've got the talent and it looks like the plays are working from last year. I think this is going to be a great year. I think this year for the coaching staff is going to prove to be a real winner, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Faux show. And that is all I have to say. Well, not really. Mike Tice, offensive line. Rod Woodson, defensive backs. We have strength here. Mike Tice, O-line coach, really? Man, look at the coaching staff. It's going to be insane. I love it. I can't wait for this season. And that now is all I have to say about that. The 2016 Oakland Raiders offense will be a juggernaut. Well, let's start up front with the big boys because that's what it takes to move the football no matter what you're trying to do. The Oakland Raiders have really done themselves very well in the last few seasons acquiring big boys, and we have a few. At left tackle, Donald Penn is a veteran, wily veteran no less, and he is a little injury prone. I hope he stays healthy, but if he can stay healthy... Uh, We're going to have another great season with Derek Carr not worrying about his blind side. Now, Assembly, we picked up in the offseason. He is a beast. And they put him at left guard and moved Jackson to right guard. And he's played that before. I think he's pretty flexible because he's such a young player. I think Assembly there is going to be great. You can see him, how they're going to pull 
It's going to be amazing. And Hudson, of course, is the center, is the anchor of the line. And Howard will be returning, of course, at, at right tackle. This offensive line shows me that the Raiders are going to bulldoze their way through opponents. Now, I'm not saying our running game is going to be that good. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> this new kid, Washington, is dancing like a gazelle. And he's, he seems to be pretty stout as well. I think between Murray and him, it's going to be a pretty amazing running attack. And then Carr just delicately placing uh, the rock where he needs to will be the end of the opponents. Now, let me just say this as well. In our own division, we have three defenses in the top 10. That's pretty brutal. And I think it will be perhaps one of the toughest uh, divisions in all of the NFL. But I believe truly that this offense is ready to take it to the limit, as in take the division championship. With this second season, I expect Carr to improve greatly, especially he's been, especially because him and Amari Cooper and the Crab have been practicing all summer long. When you get those connections, and, and Cooper and, and, uh, and Carr are in the same room in camp, you have to develop those relationships. You have to develop those timing bonds between receivers. Wolfer's been in there. So I think our passing group is looking really good. Let's not forget about Roberts. Let's not forget about other players that can make it happen out of the backfield either. I do believe the Raiders are in a great position to take the division. Del Rio said it himself. Uh, we have double-digit wins. We want to have a playoff game right there at the Coliseum in Oakland. Yeehaw, baby! you got to love that. you got to understand that we can do it. And the fact all these things are coming together are very, very cool. The thing I do like about Del Rio, however and I forgot to mention this, is the fact that he's very cool. And he says things like, we will fear no one, but respect everyone. Like that, right? Jack, uh, on the plus side, a lot of us experts like your team this year. I think it's good. The prospects are good. Are you one of the experts? I am telling you. I'm the expert. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, but you seem to think there's, there's a kind of lurking danger if guys get read too much of the stuff and get too full of themselves and think start believing all the hype. Well, I think I think too much of uh, of too much of anything is not healthy. Um, whether it's paying attention to criticism or whether it's paying attention to uh, you know people tooting your horn. I think for us and and for you know good football teams and and good football players, I think it's about staying grounded, staying humble, you know, respecting everybody and fearing nobody. And it's all about the preparation that you put in. It's all about the work that we put in and the, and the commitment. It's about executing, you know, when we get our opportunities on Sundays, about execution. Um, so those are all the things we focus on. I mean, whether you hear it, whether you don't like it, whether you like it, it really doesn't matter. It should not t- deter from your mission and what you need to get done. And um, uh, just maybe maybe there are more, more of those stories where you, you actually kind of, oh, that's, that's cool, that's cool of them to say, but... At the end of the day, whether whether you're ripping on a on a team or whether you're uh, praising the team, it doesn't have it should not have anything to do with the work that's being put in. And that's that's what our focus has been. I think the guys were spot on the way we're approaching it. Uh, so you do feel, mention it too. Yeah. Time, but... No, I mean the way I talk about it is, um, you know, 
whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. Uh, that uh, you know, we set our own agenda. Not, no offense, uh, but you guys don't set our agenda, right? Our fans don't set it. Uh, the, who sets the agenda is we set our agenda, and and we determine what our goals are. And collectively, you know, we commit to those goals, and that's that's what I'm all about, and that's what we're going to be about. And let's not get too much ahead of ourselves. No big heads before it's done, right? So they want to remain grounded, calm, cool, and collect, and just work it out and make it happen. I'm loving this team. I'm loving this season. And I think this offense has a very big opportunity to make some dramatic steps forward, especially in the playbook with the personnel second year. It is looking very, very positive. I say playoffs, baby. Uh, can you imagine having a home playoff game? Unfreaking believable. So let's get this done, Raiders. 2016, baby. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. He wears a hooded sash. A hearty and heartfelt congratulations to the snake. Kenny Stabler put the Raiders on the map, baby. Let's talk about his career. Let's talk about his Hall of Fame induction. As he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Let's just talk about the man. From the Redneck Riviera to the West Coast in the 60s, 1968, right in the middle of the heyday of the sexual revolution and LSD and the craziness of the bell bottoms and the long hair and the mustaches and beards. Amazing time. To be in Oakland, a rejuvenated community of fans of, of all races, by the way, even then. Amazing young man that came out of Alabama. Now, I was born in Alabama. That's about as much as me and Kenny Stimler have in common. <laughs> yes, to prospect the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, left-hander that Al Davis really didn't like because he was a... He was a gunslinger. What really sucks, obviously, is the fact that he's not going to be there when he goes in. But they they voted him in after he passed. So he never got to know. Well, maybe he knows. Maybe he knows now that he's a Hall of Famer. What what do you think this would have meant to Snake? Was was this an honor he was looking for in his life? I, I totally believe that, Greg. You know, he, he, he downplayed and said that he know what kind of quarterback he was. He knew what kind of uh, respect that his peers had for him and that the writers and the pro football Hall of Famer didn't agree on. But deep down in his heart, he knew he was one of the great quarterbacks in the 70s and stuff and and, and, and then won a Super Bowl and stuff like that. So this, this caps his career and his legacy that – he will finally get inducted for his for his, his family and his teammates uh, is concerned. Uh, just tell me what what it was like during that time. Coach Mann was a great game coach, 
But when you guys got in that huddle, you know, football was just so different back then. You know, there was no communication from the sideline to the helmet of the quarterback. They didn't call plays till much later. Snake pretty much called the play. So how did that work? Did did you, when you practiced the plays throughout the week, did Coach Madden kind of lay it out? Or when you got in there, did Snake just kind of go by feel? How did Snake actually run the game from the huddle and call those offensive plays, Cliff? Well, you know, Greg, what happened was we would always have uh, our offensive day on Thursday. Defensive day was on Wednesday. Offensive day was on on, on Thursday. So prior to that Monday after we came back and did the review, uh, the game plan was given to Kenny on Tuesday. And then we would go out and practice it, you know, against the types of defense we were going to see, plus all the film work like they do today, we was to do that kind of film work. And then Kenny, uh, he, he was such a brilliant technician when he was attacking defenses. So he know the play selection. If he saw a defense, he knew exactly what kind of uh, play that he was going to call to attack the defense because we practiced those situations on a Thursday. So he called his own plays. Again, like you said, you know, we didn't have an offense coordinating. Kenny was given the game plan, and it was his way of selecting what he wanted to do against a proper defense because we practiced that situation on Thursday. And then he would always say to, to me uh, and Fred and Belindikoff and then Casper and Raymond Chester in the offensive line up front, let me know what you can do out there. You know, on the different fronts, he would ask up Sean Shell. Of course, that, that left side, we, we attacked all the time. And then myself, you know, and, and, and Freddie Valentica and, and Casper and, and, and Raymond Chester, let me know what you can do outside. And so my first thing, when I come off the line of scrimmage, if the guy was sitting on me and playing five yards off, I come back in the hole and say, Kenny, he's sitting <laughs> on me. And he, next thing he said, we're going up right now. And we we throw a deep pattern, you know, complete a six or seven yard touchdown pass, and Kenny would come back to the sideline and say, Cliff, good call. <laughs> that's the he, thing. That's the thing about Snake Cliff. When I remember Snake, I, I do remember his his precision on every pass was just point on. He was way ahead of his time as far as the placement of the football. But he would also throw the deep ball. When you look at old Raider films now from that era, those those drops, he would take seven big drop steps way back. He'd be back at 10, 11 yards, hit that back foot, and he could throw the ball deep. I know Al wanted it down the field more, and, and, and uh, Daryl could throw it probably better, but Snake's deep ball throw was underrated, Cliff. I, I agree with you, Tony, man. Early in his career, you know what I mean? Because early in his career, he had the healthy knees. You know what I mean? And, and he was a very accurate passer, just a, a high percentage passer. You know what I mean? A lot of people don't realize when Kenny got drafted by the Raiders, he also got drafted in baseball. So he always, with his baseball experience, he could always location, location, location. So he used that in football too. Cliff, Players like yourself who played with Kenny Stabler, you obviously were around the Raiders and all the other NFL players at the time. Are the stories all true, or have they been <laughs> have they been blown up over time about all the fun you guys had off the field? Oh man, Kenny Kenny was he was a cool cat, man. I mean, I, I when I see Mark Davis, I tell him how cool Kenny was, and I always say there's 
three coolest people in in the world to me in, in my mind. That's Kenny Stable, Mark Davis, and Hugh Hefner. You can't get no cooler. And <laughs> that would be a party. You get, you get them all together. You can't get no cooler than you know, those uh, that I mentioned. And Cliff, one thing I want you to do, I know you're going to be busy with the luncheon and the parade and, and, and Saturday. When you, when you go to the hall and you look at all the plaques, just look at Lynn Swans and take a look at, at your career and against Lynn Swan, and, and you tell me if you should be in that Hall of Fame as well, Cliff. Well, I, I look at Lynn Swan, and I remember playing in Pro Bowls with Lynn Swan and Charlie Jonah, and they was always, I was always the starter, and they was always the backup. So I know how I feel about that. Well, Amari Cooper is going to have a good year, but Cliff, he could not run with you in your prime. Ten flat in the hundred? You can put him up World and pick, class put him back speed. down. Was that, was that clip we heard from Madden True when you came in right away and said, I can beat my guy, I can beat my guy. <laughs> you haven't even run a yard around that clip. What the hell? Greg, when I started getting confidence in 74, man, my face was all pro and stuff like that, I was always begging, man. Begging, begging, begging. <laughs> Love you, brother. Have fun this weekend. Have one for us. Thank, thank you guys for having me on the show, man. Right, no Cliff. problem. All right, Cliff. Enjoy the flight. Cliff Branch on a Learjet with uh, Clem Daniels, Freddie Blitnikoff, Raymond Chester, and, of course, uh, Mark Davis. Should be a great and weekend. And Carol Davis. Mrs. Davis yes. is going as well. But, man, between him and Blitnikoff, the magic did happen. 184 freaking games, 27,000, almost 28,000 yards, 194 touchdowns, and winning. Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings, one that was doubtful. I don't know for who. wasn't for the fans of the Raiders, that's for sure. The cool cat, the southern drawl, the sex symbol, the party machine, standing outside in front of the game, smoking cigarettes before, saying things like, I don't know why I need that much sleep. It's only a three-hour game. Amazing. The renegades that were there, he was one of it, won our first Super Bowl for us. Um, What a man. It's a shame that uh, he didn't see his induction into the Hall of Fame. His grandkids were very emotional. It was hard to watch, kind of. It was very cool, though, really. Uh, They were kissing their grandfather's um, bust. There of Kenny. Looks great, though, too. They did a really good job of that, as you could see. Um, so congratulations, Kenny. Uh, some of the best games, the Sea of Hands, the Holy Roller, uh, the Immaculate uh, Deception, that game as well. Some of the greatest games in the, in the, in the history of the game of the NFL. Fans, uh, unbelievable number of fans in the day. The domination of the Oakland Raiders was there. Amazing, amazing life, uh, amazing family, Kenny. Party machine to the to the core. Uh, what a trip! Congratulations, bro. Well deserved. It should have happened sooner. And that is all I have to say about that. All right, let's get to the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Let's get on it, folks. You guys have been true blue. Trust me. Love the calls. Love the props. 
And we will be here, of course, like we are right now. <laughs> so let's get to it, folks. Who is the first on the line? Our first caller, of course, is the Raider Optimist. What's going on, bro? You have a reason to be optimistic. That is for damn sure. What's up? What's up, my global Raider brothers and sisters? This is the Raider Optimist. Oh, man. Oh, man. What is up? That's some bull crap. They're going to cut out Raider Greg. Oh, my gosh, man. From the practices, from the OTAs, okay, from the training camps, from practices. Oh, that's a bull crap, man. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I think that's, I think the Raider organization made a bad move right there. That's one of the bad moves that they made. Because that ain't cool, you know. Because we were there thick and thin, but it is what it is. We'll put it, we'll, you know, okay, we're just going to, uh, Keep our head up, and we're going to press on and walk forward with that. That's all i got to say about that. Next thing is the draft. We had a great draft. Defensive players that we got. All the pass rushers. The safeties. The top pick was the safety. Carl Joseph. Love it. Oh, man, that guy can hit. Yeah, he puts it down. i got to tell you. They gave him number 42, you know. I guess they were trying to associate that with uh, Ronnie Lott, I guess, or whatever. But, you know, his name is Carl Joseph. Let him do what he has to do, okay, organization or whoever's trying to do that. Let the players do what they got to do, make their name, and then you could go from there, negotiate that. So love the draft. You know, there's a couple other picks. Love the uh, Connor Cook pick, believe it or not. Stole that away from Jerry Jones. That was totally uh, – uh, they, they sought that out. That was uh, that was that was nice. Okay, he's a good. It's good to have one-two punch. You never know in this league, somebody could get hurt right off the bat. And guess what? You know what? You know you need a quarterback. That's what's up. So I like that. Uh, you know, several teams in the past have had that. I mean, what? Joe Montana, Steve Young, they were on the same roster, so it could happen. It could be done. Love the pass rushers that we got. Love the uh, running back what we got. Uh, DeAndre Jones, or excuse me, DeAndre Washington. Oh, man, look at the tape on that brother. He can run, he can move, he can, man, he can hit the hole, hit the gap. He's sick, too. I think he goes about, I think he goes about 210, 215. You know, he's about 5'9", five, five, whatever, something around there, but he's quick and he's stocked, he's packed. You know, some people call him Maurice uh, Jones Drew. I think uh, he looks like uh, Napoleon Kaufman to me, straight up. Sick, though, but thicker than Napoleon. I mean, a lot thicker. So uh, I like that. I like that move right there. That was a nice. That was a nice pickup. Feeling the how the season's going to be going. I think uh, we're going to get about twelve and four. About twelve and four. I think we should be doing somewhere around like that. And it's, it's, I just can't wait for this season to come. So I can't wait to hear all the other callers call in because it's a great it's a great show that Raider Gray puts on, Raider and Ray. So good job. Keep it up. Love it. It's tight. Good job, guys. 
Till next time. Well, thank you for the call, brother. And yes, the Connor Cook pickup was a great pickup because, well, Jerry Jones, the, the guy that wants the little glory hole. I want me some glory hole. <laughs> so I have that perspective. He is hurting for a quarterback. And in those situations, this kind of pickup could get you a couple of draft picks. Second round, third round, sometimes first round. You just never know. It's a great thing to have. We got him at the right time, and I think the value will pay off because he's pretty good as well. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. Who knows? Smart move, however. And I think this season, I think 10 wins, that's what I'm saying, because I truly believe we have a kind of a tough schedule as far as travel goes. But I think 10, and we're in. And I think we're going to be first seed and I think we're going to be deadly once we get there. I love it. Thanks for the call, brother. And our next caller is Johnny D, the Bluegrass Raider. What is up, brother? What is happening? Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation. This is Johnny D, the Bluegrass Raider. Once again, calling in. I am back. And speaking of being back, it's good to have you back, Raider Greg. Good to have the podcast back up and running. I just listened to the latest show uh, about the drafting and everything. It was it was good takes, great takes. Let me tell you something. Um, I'll just make it real quick. I'm excited for all of our rookies this year. I'm excited for the team this year. I think we're going to do unbelievable things. I think they're a legitimate shot. Denver is imploding. Yeah, they got Vaughn Miller back, but that is just one man. He is an excellent player in his own right. I'll give him that. But it is just one man. They are still imploding. They are still trying to find their quarterback. The Chiefs are going to be in cap hell. They don't even know what they're going to do right now. Their head ain't on straight. And the Chargers, well, they're still the Chargers. But um, we'll see what happens with them this year. Uh, But the one player that I'm solely excited, I'm excited to see them all play, but I'm solely excited to watch this Carl Joseph kid. The dude is 5'9", and he hits like a Mack truck. Totally awesome. Cannot wait. I am Jack. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders. Let's do this. Y'all have a great day. God bless y'all. Raider Nation, let's go. Thank you for that call, my brother. Always welcome. Now, you know, Carl Jones is supposed to take a year or two for defensive back safety to get used to the speed of the game. I think this guy has enough speed to make it happen. Uh, He takes great angles, and he blows some people up, man. I hope he can take that with his body because he's not that big, but he does. He puts the hurt on some people. So let's just hope that he doesn't get hurt. He plays this hard. He's a Ronnie Lott type player. I like it. And, you know, that's just part of it. This DeAndre Washington kid Looks flashy. I like how quick he gets through the crease. Um, it, it could be a very interesting season. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, a first-time caller out of Atlanta, Georgia, Kevin. The Raider. Nerd? <laughs> I like it, bro. What's up? Welcome back, Raider Greg and Raider Randy. Just listen to the newest show. Really glad you guys are back. I got my Raider fix. 
Um, this is Kevin, the Raider nerd out of Atlanta, Georgia. First time caller, long time listener. And uh, I would want to say that I'm glad you're back, getting my Raider fix. Love hearing everything about you guys and um, and getting the uh, lowdown on the Raiders. Looking forward to the season. Now, I'm not going to talk about, you know, the draft, the players. We're all excited about that, and you've got plenty of great callers on the bone line. The reason why I'm calling is because I want to talk about the Raider Nation family and something that just happened to me recently. I got back from a U.K. trip to Ireland, Scotland, and London, and uh, um, Raider Nation was there for me when I uh, visited. Uh, it started when I landed in uh, Glasgow, and my good friend David and I met up with Stevie McLeod. Met him at the uh, 2014 Raiders-Dolphins game. Got my picture taken with him, been friends ever since, and he welcomed David and I to his house to a nice home-cooked Scottish meal, met his wife, met his daughter, showed me his little Raider shrine, and talked to Raiders, shared stories, and uh, kind of talked about our background and how we became Raider fans. Great guy. If you ever get a chance in, your, in Glasgow, look up Stevie McLeod. When I finally made my way down to London, met up with Mr. Keith Smith. Uh, we had kind of an impromptu uh, Raider Nation meeting in, uh, in London. And also in attendance was Tony Law, Danny Lopez Vega, who uh, organized our great Raiders uh, London trip there. And uh, also uh, Kelly Marie Daggersmith was there. And Joseph Jean-Pierre was there as well. Um, it was just great because I asked them to show up if they could. It was kind of short notice, and they did. We talked to Raiders, really excited. Um, but I just I wanted to remind everyone that, uh, to me, uh, the Raiders were there for me when uh, uh, I had a personal loss, and they've been there for me as friends, and this is one of the best things about being a Raider fan. And I wanted to thank you, Raider Greg, and I also wanted to thank Raider Randy for putting on this podcast because, you know, you've been doing it for so long, and you've been there when the Raiders haven't been good, and you've been, um, you've been kind of our, our, uh, our ear closer to the ground and helping us all out and when things haven't been good. Now there's a lot of optimism with the team and we're all really excited. And I just wanted to remind everyone, I know there's a lot of fighting uh, between North and South and, and, you know, going to Vegas, not going to Vegas. Um, just remember, we're all Raider fans, no matter where we are, we'll be there for each other. Uh, let's show some love. And again, thank you, Raider Nation. Thank you, Randy. And thank you, Greg. Kevin Raider Nerd, out. First of all, Randy and I want to thank you, uh, really, because this is why we do the show. I mean, we just, <laughs> we've met so many amazing people, um, countless great people, uh, Raider fans from all over the world, uh, good people, amazing, amazing. And I can certainly share a million other stories um, your story is not uncommon, and the connection between this fan group is so different than any other. It's just hard to describe. It's amazing, bro. I appreciate all the props, and man, it's the Raider Nation that makes it happen. My show ain't crap without the nation. And Keith Smith, forget about it. He's my brother. I love him. Kelly, uh, Crossbones, Kelly, the whole family, amazing people. You're absolutely right. I'm going on too long already. Thanks for the call, bro. Then our next caller, the Valley Raider, is in the house. 
What's going on, brother? Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is the Valley Raider calling from Delano, California. First of all, I want to welcome back Raider Greg. We missed you, man. It had been a while since your last podcast. Hoping this next one doesn't doesn't last as doesn't take us as long to get it as it as a, it took us to get the last one. And and then and second of all, man, I want to get something off my chest. I'm sick and tired of seeing bandwagon Raider fans coming out of the woodwork, coming out of the closet just now when we're when they're starting to see that we're coming up in the world. Now everybody's a Raider fan. At least here, at least here in Delano, California, where I'm from, everybody's a freaking Raider fan now. They put away their damn cowboy flags and their 49er flags. They took them out of their car and they put them in the closet. And now they're putting their Raider flags on top of their cars. And that is really starting to piss me off. I've been here since day one. That's my hashtag. Since day one. I'm talking about, I had, I had, we had to weather the storm of Kerry Collins, of Andrew Walter, Marcus Tuiasasopo. I mean, what do, what, what do these people know about that? Tom Cable, Mike White. Um, Joe Bugle, what do they know about that? I know I'm getting into a little rant, but I just had to get that off my chest. And well, now, now I'm just glad that now uh, we're seeing blue skies and 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 everything's looking better than it did in those years, man. Just thought I had a thought I had to go for a little rant there. Sorry about that, Raider Greg. Again, happy that you're back. Happy that I'm able to do this rant again. And um, hope that you stay on point and. Hope that this this season turns out the way it looks like it's turning out, man. That's that's all I had to say for this time. Valley Raider, Valley California, and I'm out. That is a freaking epic call, bro. I fucking love it. <laughs> that is so funny. When you started ratting off Carrie Collins, Marcus Tuiasasopo, Tui, you remember those days, Joe Bugle, <laughs> who blew, by the way, Tom Walsh. We could go down a list, uh, Andrew Walter, and yes, we've been here. And you know what? There's going to be a lot more bandwagon fans, bro. It's full. It's getting full. They're jumping on like cockroaches, bro. But just know this. Everybody who knows you knows you were there from the beginning. And you can smell one of these newbies out in a New York second, bro. But anybody that matters already knows who you are, bro. Everybody. <laughs> like they know who I am. I don't fuck around either. And uh, people know. They're like, oh, yeah, that hardcore Raider Nation Right there. So, yeah, it'll be fun to watch all these people cheering that have never been to a game and they're all, they buy all their new stuff. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's been good. It'll be good to see them win. And that's for us, man. That's for you and me, fans that have been fans. The victories are for us. These other guys, well, they won't, they won't cherish them as much, bro. They won't cherish them as much as a true fan. And our next caller is the RN Raider, Raider Nation, that is. What's going on, brother? What you got? What up? This is the RN Raider. What up, Raider Randy, Raider Greg? It feels awesome to be coming back, man. Training camp a week away. I am pumped for this season, man. I... 
I can't even remember the last time I felt this positive about the oncoming season. Uh, defense, wow, free agency. I mean, draft, too. Like, going defense on the first three rounds says a lot about what they're trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, hopefully Ward works out. That guy's kind of uh, one of those athletic freaks who, who knows how, he, how he's going to end up turning out. Uh, but you know what? If Mario Edwards is good to go, our front seven is going to be scary as bug. But, uh, yeah, with the pickups of Sean, uh, Sean Smith, signing Amerson to the long term, I'm excited. Even with DJ Hayden, whatever, man, the third role, the third cornerback, that's fine by me. The kid's got some talent. Was he worth the first round? No, I think we've proven that by now. But, but the, hey, he sticks around, and, you know, if he wants to stay in Oakland, takes a massive pay cut, and so fine. By the way, I was listening to the last podcast, Desert Raider. If you didn't hear it, you take his advice. I, I listened, and I watched the highlight reel for Carl Joseph, because I didn't know much about him either coming out of college. This kid... Wow. Damn. This kid is a firecracker. He stops people dead in their tracks. He's 5'10", and he's just dynamite. And he's a ball hawk. If you see some of these plays, he just knows where the ball is going. If this kid is healthy, holy shit. Got him and Reggie Nelson in the back. I'm, I'm pumped. And then just on the offense, it's pretty much the same. Hopefully... DeAndre, um, whatever his name is, the the fifth-round pick out of Texas. Uh, Hopefully he's our good third-down back. Uh, We we will see in training camp. Uh, You know, honestly, the the only thing that's that's scaring me or making me feel a little bit cautious is Derek Carr. Um, You know, I I guess I would call it the eye test. I just, I noticed first half to second half of last season, there was a pretty big drop-off, especially in the TD, the TD to uh, interception ratio. Uh, you know, I know a lot of that has to do with the line kind of getting injured, Hudson going down, and uh, Donald Penn just seemed to kind of disappear towards the end of last season. I hope he can kind of – I'm sure next year we're going to draft a left tackle, or if something bad happens to him, we'll move over Kaliki Osmelli. Osmelli? <laughs> Not Osmelli. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of other – we've got some good, good backups, uh, guards. You know, we can put in Feliciano and this – the Dow guy, the guy we drafted in the seventh, people were saying he is going to be the biggest steal of the draft for, in relation to where he was drafted. This kid is a beast. So, Carr has got to come through. I don't believe the same way Money Man does. But, uh, you know, I, I am cautiously optimistic. This kid has got to continue to grow. And uh, if, if he doesn't, this season is going to look very different from our expectations. So I am rooting for him. I think he's got all the tools. I'll, I'll even buy into the Brett Favre comparison. It is a gunslinger. He gets a little bit gun shy when, uh, when he's in the pocket and uh, make some really poor decisions, but he's young. So 
give him some time to grow, keep him upright, and make sure our O-line stays healthy, I think the sky's the limit. I could see an 11-5 season this year. I could definitely see playoffs. Anyways, I've gone on too long. I, I'm so excited for the season. And, man, I cannot wait to come up to the up to the Coliseum to come watch some games this season from Orange County. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking out the Bad Boys of Barbecue. I, dude, I'm just pumped for this season. I'm looking forward to hearing more and more shows as the season goes on. Thank you, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. I know recently you've had a hard time uh, getting the shows up and running, but you are appreciated, man. So please keep up the good work. RN Raider, out. Well, I certainly appreciate the props, my brother, and I don't, I wouldn't worry too much about Carr. Um, and this DeAndre Washington kid's going to really expand our running game. Uh, there's going to be a lot more cuts, a lot more speed at the hole. Murray will be there as well. I don't know about a third down back, but um, I think our offense fell up a little short because of the injuries. Cooper, uh, there was a lot of people hurt last season. So, uh, I look forward to a playoff this year, like I said, 10 wins. And uh, the division championship, of course, for sure, is what I'm looking for. I think we can beat all these teams at least twice. Um, if we're focused and we're all together and healthy. Thanks for the call, brother. appreciate it. And our next caller out of Utah is Raider Rick. He's letting us know what's going on. What's happening, Rick, here in Utah? Hey, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, this is Raider Rick coming to you from Utah. Hey, I just wanted to thank you again for the opportunity to get on the ball line and to uh, express my feelings and uh, as a Raider fan. First of all, I just wanted to say, you know, there's been several um, of these Raider, uh, should I say, um, analysts or Raider bloggers that are predicting that the um, Raiders probably win a wild card. Um, let me be frank, and I'd probably, this is probably a bold statement. I think we take the division, and here's why I think we take the division. Last year, we could have beat the Broncos twice. We beat them that second game, um, and then that first game, um, we our receiver didn't turn his head around, and that's why they turn, turned it in for um, a touchdown. But if you remember on both games that the Broncos did not score a touchdown against us, we held them off. Um, their offense did not score touchdowns. Our defense held them. For, that's for number one. Number two, with the Chiefs, if I remember right, I think they lost four or five games in a row and then caught fire and ended up doing good the rest of the season. I don't think they can do that again. And I think that with the players that we have, we took their center last year and their corner this year. I think their cornerback knows their system really well. I don't think they'll throw it to his side. And I think we... I think we beat them twice, but for the benefit of doubt, let's go one and one. Um, and, and so I think we win the division. I think we go 12 and four, maybe 11 and five. But my, I'm going to stick with 12 and four because I think we win. We go, we win those first seven or eight games until we. Beat, I think it's like the Panthers or something. Then and then we lose, and then if we do a couple flukes, that's three. So I think we win the division. Like I said, it's just my opinion. Um, and then second of all, I think we have the depth 
that we didn't have last year on the defensive line and the defensive front. Um, uh, so I think that's why I think that we'll um, be division champions. And then my question to you is, do you think that the Raiders re-sign Jack Del Rio after this season, or do you think he plays out his contract and then they give him a new contract? If it was me and I was Reggie McKenzie, I would um, redo his contract now now or maybe at the beginning of the season and lock him up for another four years. But um, just wanted to know what you thought about that um, and, that and other things. Um, but go Raiders. First, I want to thank you for the call. Well done, for sure. Especially when you're talking about, you know, a wild card. I agree totally that we're going to take the division. Um, without a doubt, I think we could beat all these teams. We are so much stronger in so many more places, especially against the Chiefs. I mean, our backfield right now is going to be way improved. And um, their running game is only going to be half as good with our defensive line. I just really feel that we're going to be division champions and host a playoff game there in Oakland. I'm sticking to it, and I mean it. Um, as far as Del Rio goes, I, I am sure that they're negotiating right now as we speak uh, the, the details of the contract, and I think that uh, he'll have one announced before the end of his contract for sure. If not, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I would be really surprised. I appreciate the call, brother. Thank you. And our next caller is R.N. Raider again. Uh, Raider Nation Raider is in the house, and he has something that I think we all should hear. What's up, brother? What up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy? This is the RN Raider. Uh, this is actually my second call within the last couple days, and normally I would never do this, but uh, I just want to chime in on two things right quick. First, I'm flying up for the first preseason game against the Titans on the 27th. I am so pumped for this. I've never been to a preseason game, and, you know, it's preseason, but it's the first tailgate of the year, and I just I couldn't be more excited. It's the most excited I've been for Raiders game, seeing it live in a really long time. So pumped to see all you guys there. Uh, it's going to be awesome. So there's that. The second... I wanted to talk about Alden Smith for a second. I saw the news yesterday about uh, his little video posting, and I had a lot of emotions that kind of ran through me. You know, the first initially, probably what most of you felt, which was, you stupid fucking idiot. What are you thinking? But after a minute of digesting it and then taking it in, I, I honestly just feel really, really bad for this guy. You know, the NFL really needs to catch up on addiction as a disease. And I, I work with, uh, with addicts every day at my job. Uh, I work in a psych facility. And it, it's just sad. This guy is just the prototype of a really sick individual. I mean, yeah, you're going to, some people are going to say, oh, he's just stupid or arrogant, that he's actually showing a video online. But I honest to God think that this guy just really doesn't know any better. He doesn't understand the actions or the consequences of his actions. 
I, you know, and the other thing about the NFL is if they really want to send the right message, they need to start letting these guys come to practices, maybe not to actually play, certainly not to play, but to at least have the camaraderie and have the fellowship that's going to help them stay clean. That's so huge having a support group. If anybody out there has friends or family that are alcoholics or addicts, you know how much that's true. And the NFL seems to want to do the opposite, which is just separate them entirely as a punishment and keep them away from the sport altogether when, honestly, the best thing they could do is let them stay with with their teams respectively and watch them practice and watch them play and let the players sit there and go, see what you're missing? We need you here, man. And let them know that they're, they're loved and they're part of the team. And by separating them, you're creating more isolation. And with Alvin Smith, man, this kid is sick. And uh, after today, I don't think he's ever going to get it right. Well, it's, I certainly don't see him having an NFL future. I, I don't know how you come back from this. Well, but we'll see. Maybe Josh Gordon is the uh, going to end up being the exception to the rule that will start a whole new panel of thought process on allowing these players back. But I'm so disappointed in Alden Smith. And, uh, yeah, I'm pissed. So pissed at this guy. But at the same time, I, right now I'm more sad for this guy than anything else. He needs help, and uh, the NFL needs to be more vigilant about the kind of program and support that they give these guys, because clearly it's not just an isolated incident. This is endemic to the NFL. And, uh, man, I hope they get it right, and I hope this kid gets his life right. You know, I love the Raiders, but more than that, I hope this, this guy just – gets it together and gets it straight and gets his life on the right track because it's just sad. So on a happier note, excited to be there for the preseason game. Uh, Looking forward to seeing all you guys there. Raider Nation, love you. I'll see you soon. Peace out. Certainly a nice view of the problem that Alden Smith has. I thought that was well worth listening to. Um, And like I said, the Raiders are behind this kid 100%, which is much more than the 49ers ever did for him, which is pretty tragic in itself. Thanks for the call, brother. We appreciate it very much. Nice take. And our next caller really needs no introduction, but I will. It's Raider Chuko from East Los Angeles, man. What is going on in the hood, bro? Raider Greg. Raider Randy. This is your boy, Raider Chuco, from East LA, Los Angeles. Hey, man. I'm glad to hear you back with the podcast. I listened to you last week, man. I'm telling you, bro. It's my day. You made my freaking day, bro. It's unbelievable. I'm okay now. Uh, back in the day, bro, it was just you, man. You brought me my news. You you stick with the with us, with the team, through thick and thin. It was just ass against the whole fucking NFL 
freaking fans and NFL Network and ESPN bullshit and everybody. And now it feels kind of weird hear all those freaking assholes talk about us, bro. And then it feels fucking weird and it pisses me off just a little bit. All of them, uh, all of them are podcast and, and t- that all of a sudden they're freaking uh, Raider fans, you know? There's a couple of podcasts out there now that uh, doing uh, uh, about the Raiders. There's one in particular that, I don't know, that this guy is. I never heard of him. I started listening to him just because uh, uh, you were gone. You were gone, and I had nothing else better to do. But it crossed my attention that people his podcast, uh, Black and Silver, way. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Since this guy from New Jersey, you know, he's a Raider fan. I mean, I give him props, you know, Raider Nation. I ain't hating no Raider fan. Bro, Silver, come on, man. Silver and black, bro. I even sent him a tweet. You know, you're going you're gonna to talk about the Raiders. You're going to have a freaking a podcast. Well, Raider Chuko, we lost you, man. Call us back. Let's hear the rest of that. It's pretty funny. Um... We appreciate all the props, of course. We try to put on a good show, an entertaining show, one that the fans can say whatever the hell they want and uh, mean it. Uh, we've always been that way through thick and thin. You know, bro, been doing this for 12 seasons now, so you know how we roll. I appreciate all the props from all the callers, man. We love doing this. We love the fans. We get love from the fans, and it's, uh, like I said, you know who you are if you're a Raider fan. You know how you've been a fan forever. Listen, the bandwagon is going to be full. You know who you are, bro. Thank you for the call, man. And our next caller is Autumn Wind. Williams in the house. This guy's true blue, silver, and black, man. He is a Oakland Raider fan and resident, by the way. Um... True Blue fan, man. What's up, brother? What up, Raider Greg and Raider Randy? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, heard you guys a couple weeks ago, and so sounded great. We still dealing with the same old bullshit about the new re- uh, relocation and all of that, or if they're not going to relocate. But, um, you know, I was looking at Twitter noticed that a fan spoke out to Mark Davis at the Marriott lobby at training camp, said that he's going to divide the nation if the Raiders relocate. And his response is he's perfectly okay with that or uh their words. And, you know, that made me make up my mind that my season tickets, I'm just selling them on Ticketmaster or StubHub at a high price. Because it shows that he does not give a damn about the Raider Nation. All we are to him is another seat filled and money in his pocket. That's the way I look at things. Um, I'll probably be out there tailgate, you know, over in the Bad Boys of Barbecue area with you guys. And um, probably see me at the events. But you will not see me in the stands unless he makes a commitment to Oakland. 
I know a lot of people are going to say, but you're not a real Raider Nation fan and all of that. Um, I never said I will never stop being an Oakland Raider fan, but I'm not going to support Mark Davis. You know, if he's trying to relocate my team, my home team, I'm born and raised in Oakland. So taking away a team is messing up, you know, economic growth for the city of Oakland and all the surrounding cities around the East Bay. So I have to stick with my home more than my team when it comes to the negotiation um, with the Oakland Raiders and the city of Oakland and Alameda County. But I do believe Ronnie Light and company will get a deal done. But until that happens, some type of agreement, your boy will not be in the black hole. That's all I got to say about that. You guys enjoy the season and just win, baby. Well, I would hope that you'd go to the games, bro. You've been paying enough to see, you know, marginal football. Uh, it's time to see our team at our own stadium. Don't waste those moments, man. You've already bought the tickets. Mark has your money. Forget it. Just go in there. Have a good time. Come party with us. Watch your team win some games. It'll be exciting, man. You don't want to miss out on that. You will regret every minute, I'm telling you. So my suggestion would be, you know, forget Mo or Mark Davis, how I like to call him, because of his haircut. <laughs> hey, man, he's going to bend over, spread his cheeks wide for anybody who will build him a new stadium. It doesn't matter. So don't worry about him. It's about you, and it's about the Raiders. Uh, he's not even involved, man. He ain't out there playing. So get out there, watch your team, cheer on your team with your friends. It's going to be a blast. Great season. Don't lose out, brother. All right, Raider Nation. That is it for this particular podcast. I hope you all enjoy it. Our first game is right around the corner. Preseason, of course. We're playing the Redbirds. The Redbirds are the Red Turds. Whatever you want to call them, they are a significantly powerful team. And I expect the Raiders to hold their own, hold their own through all quarters uh, because we do have the depth, and that's what I'm looking for in this preseason, how the second, third depth players uh, perform because that's who we'll need when injuries happen throughout the season. Watch, pay attention, be excited, man, because football is freaking here, folks. And that is it. I am Ritter Greg, and I am out. Oh.